to declare the way, the truth, and the life, to do good, as in the real goodness which is inseparable from God, and to be excellent and noble in all areas is the charge of the Christian life. In all places and all times, we must be instruments of radiant truth to a world that is shrouded in darkness. Each of us is given an opportunity to be faithful, to make good on the talent which is trusted to us, to be faithful to He who made us, to be sane in a world that is very insane. And this really is our charge. So thank you for joining me. I'm Pastor J. Dillon Proctor, and today we're going to have a short little Bible study there on the book of Acts, chapter 1. And we're going to talk about what it means to really make good on the moment in which we live, to actually do something which is faithful to God, to give a broader meaning and purpose to our life. You see, the world right now, it's calling out for truth and meaning. It's really desperate for it. You can see it in all the signs and everything plastered over the world, this whole idea of do your part. People are very hungry to be connected to something which is larger. But yet, there's also this rapid insanity which really sets people in a position where they're cut off from the truth. And what we have to do is be instruments who are willing to declare, willing vessels who declare the truth of the gospel, that there is a heaven to be admired and a hell to be repulsed. So in Acts chapter 1, the disciples, they witnessed the miraculous ascension of Christ to heaven. And they were left to a mission. They were left to do great things. They had this great task set before them where they would be instrumental in teaching His truth to the world. Now they had witnessed the God of all creation come to them, to refine them, to mold them into something more than just their fallen instincts. And then they were tasked with the responsibility of doing His work. So let's go now to Acts chapter 1, and we're going to take a quick dive through this, and then we'll have a short little message afterwards. So Acts 1 opens up, it says, In the first book, Theophilus, which is the first book being the gospel according to St. Luke, it says, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning, until the day when he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented them himself to them alive, that by many convincing proofs, he appeared to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And again, this is the promise that says the Holy Spirit's coming. You're going to be baptized in this, and that's going to be very different from just baptism from water. Now, of course, baptism is something which is very important to the church. We are commanded to do it, and it is a very vital sacrament. But Jesus is emphasizing here that there's something more than just mere water. The Holy Spirit is coming to baptize you, and that is a very, very wonderful thing. Let's pick up it in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took them out of their sight. And while he was going, and they were gazing upwards towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes, they stood by him. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking upwards towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. All right, so here in the first half of Acts chapter 1, we've seen something quite fascinating. We've seen the ascension of Jesus. 
And in that, he also reminds them, you are going to achieve excellent things. You're going to be wholly excellent. You are going to ascend to the highest ranks that one could here on this earth. You're going to do marvelous things. But at the same time, you have certain talents entrusted to you. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be able to solve all the problems of the world. Yes, you will go to the ends of the earth, all in Judea, all in Samaria. You're going to go all over the place as my witnesses. But you are expected to make good on the responsibilities given to you. Pay attention to those little details around you because that's really where you actually find yourself having those impacts all the way to the end of the earth. And let's go now to verse 12 and read the second half here. Now, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath's day journey away. And when they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, and James, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simeon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, and they were there together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Now, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons. And he said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Junus, who came as a guide for those who would arrest Jesus. And he was numbered among us, and this was allotted his share in this ministry. And now, this man... He has acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his bowels gushed out. And this became known to all the residents in Jerusalem, so that the field that was called in their language, Hakladama, that is, the field of blood. And as for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead become desolate, let no one be able to live in it, and let another take his position of overseer. So one of the men who had accompanied during all this time and that the Lord Jesus had went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. And so they proposed to Joseph, who was called Barsabas, who is also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas has turned aside to go his own place. And then they cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Okay, so we're going to break down and talk a little bit about Matthias in a moment, but for now I want us to look at the disciples as a whole. You see, although the disciples, they were charged with this magnificent responsibility, Christ did not expect them to sort out all the problems of the world in a blink of an eye. Instead, they only had to rise to the occasion of the tasks given to them, to minister to those entrusted to them, and to handle the situations thrust upon them. For while they would remain in Jerusalem in waiting for specific orders, which would come in company with the Holy Spirit, eventually they would go to the ends of the earth. And even as they're there in their moments of deliberation on who might replace Judas, their work is being laid out before them. Being set in motion is the great spreading of the Christian faith. Now, their work, it would be enormous, but not unreasonable. Unearthly, but not hidden. And it would be extraordinarily burdensome, but not impossible. And from this, we know Christ calls us to do great things, to be excellent in all areas of life. But he does not expect us to have all the answers for heaven and earth. 
We are charged with that which we are charged, and only expected to make good on our talents. There are many things which we do not choose in life which are chosen for us. Just as Matthias, he found himself called by Lot to step into the apostolic role left empty by the traitor Judas. And what we see when we look upon this is we see a man who by Lot he was called, and in embrace he went forth. Although Matthias, he fell into this role by circumstances beyond his power, he answered the call and he was invigorated by the Holy Spirit to be instrumental in spreading the gospel throughout the world. We know little about Matthias's life, but yet we know some. Church tradition holds that he took great missionary journeys, some towards the northeast, where he faced great persecution and he was ultimately killed in martyrdom. But nonetheless, the church grew and spread as a result of his faithfulness to honor his talent. And when we are faithful to honor our talents in life, when we actually make good on that which is entrusted to us, good things can happen. And we must appreciate the opportunity we have in life to achieve good things out of service to God. You know, there's a remarkable fact about dogs. Dogs, they're not made in the image of God, but yet they are made by God. They still have his fingerprints on them. And a remarkable fact about dogs is their unwavering desire to be with their master. Whether doing or resting, the noble commandments, they have great want to be with their master. Our faithful dogs, those wonderful companions we have, they have this just unchanging desire to be with their people. And whenever a master leaves their faithful hound, it puts the dog in great turmoil to see the master leave. But strangely enough, that fact actually sheds some light on how the disciples acted here in Acts chapter 1 and also what would happen thereafter. Because within Scripture, there is this push and pull between those who are saved and those who are lost. There's the, the conflict that goes between the sin nature and the call to holiness. And it is indeed a conflict. In Scripture, there is quite a bit of conflict. And the good things of God, they're not achieved without conflict. And that's just because we live in fallen creation. And strangely enough, when we look at this, you see how it puts a dog in turmoil to see their master leave. We can see how people responded to the ascension of Jesus. Looking there at our, our faithful companions, dogs have a sane understanding of what is good. They have a desire to be in the goodness of their master. But naturally, the sons of Adam, the daughters of Eve, in our sinful depravity, we are crippled by an insanity that wants to reject the good. We are afflicted by a disloyal attitude of insanity that wants to rebel against the master and his goodness. And that's what happened there with Judas. Judas had this disloyal affliction that wanted to rebel against the master, even though he had more than enough revealed to him to understand that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. But yet for those others, the other 11, and even this 12th one, Matthias, he had his heart turned in such a way where he did want to return back to the master and be faithful to him. And when we learn to answer the good call of God and minister to the circumstances around us, we find good things being sown and good things being reaped. And I want us to wrap up our Bible study today by going to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-10. through 10. Because we often wonder, where are the good things in life? You know, we try to be faithful. Where are the good things? Well, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 10, it reads, But do not ignore this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise. And as some think of slowness, 
that is, the human mind, but instead he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. So with that, with these words, I want us to realize that good things will come when they are sown. God is not letting things go unnoticed. Do not ignore the talents in your care for want of the talents you wish you had, but instead be faithful to that which has been assigned to you. There is sanity in being faithful to God. There is sanity in owning up to the responsibility that has been given to you. And outside of that, there is only the insanity of rebellion. God's love will not fall short, and in that, let us take great assurance. So we'll wrap up by saying the Lord's Prayer together, and I thank you for spending time with me. Again, I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and this is over here at Kingdom of the Lagos, the Kingdom of the Lagos studio. Um, Let's close with saying prayer, shall we? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And on that note, thank you for spending time with me. God love you, and have a blessed day.